Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. So let's get into it. Are you ready? Okay. Now those of you that were here in the first service, you know where to say amen and oh me and when to shout. I, I tried to get somebody in the first service. I asked them before if when I give the altar call, if they'd get up and run to the altar and wail and repent. They didn't do it. So. Kid asked his dad, do politicians ever tell the truth? And his dad said, only when they call each other liars. The judge asked to the witness, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? And the witness replied, no. And the judge put his hand over the microphone and said, what do I do now? Because we have a problem today with truth. I have a problem with truth. So Lord, help us today. What do we do now? Psalms 26.3 says this, For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. That word faithfulness in the King James is translated truth. So, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your truthfulness. Walk in your truthfulness. God's steadfast love, His loving kindness, and God's truth is before my eyes. We walk in God's truth. Now remember that that's kind of key to the message today. We walk in God's truth. The New Living Translation says, I am always aware of your unfailing love. So Lord, help us to be aware of truth, your truth, and the truth that you love me. And I, I submit to you today that in our culture, in our society today, we have a lack of truth. It's just a lack of honesty and truth in our, in our culture. Remember whenever you were young and you had a record player and they called it hi-fi, high fidelity, high quality of sound? Now it's digital and, and all that other stuff. But back when I was a kid, you had records, vinyl, and it was called high fidelity, stereo. That was, that was something. Well, today we don't have high fidelity. I don't have high truth. What we get mostly today is called spin. That's what we get today, spin. You can watch one channel, flip the channel, and hear the exact opposite. Used to, you could watch the news and get news. Now you get opinion. We need truth. Romans 16, 17, and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Smooth talk and flattery. They use language artfully, smooth. You know, I'm a redneck. I'd probably work good in Tennessee, Dennis. 
<laughs> I'd probably went over good down Alabama. <laughs> you would. <laughs> cut, cut that out. <laughs> but today we get spin. Spin away from truth. And why do they do that? Paul writes to a young preacher named Tim. In 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, he says, But evil people and imposters will flourish in the last days. He's talking about in the last days. Evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Aren't you glad our pastor speaks truth? Bad men are deceived by Satan through their own corruptions. They become deceived and then they deceive others. There was a preacher of a very large megachurch up in Michigan several years ago. He came out, wrote a book called Love Wins. Evangelical. He said he had a revelation that just everybody's going to go to heaven, that God sends nobody to hell. Well, God don't send to hell. We choose heaven or hell. Truth. That's truth. But th there, there was another guy who used to be on the board of directors of Oral Roberts University, a charismatic, that come out and said there is no hell. Probably 15 years ago. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's probably their truth because they don't want truth to prevail. Hello? We'll get into that here in just a minute. We'll get into that in just a minute. We live in the times Paul wrote to Timothy about. We live in the times of spin and deception. Amen or oh me? An attempt to get you to believe a false narrative. And why? why? Why do they do that? That's a good question. The devil wants you to believe a false narrative. He wants you to believe you're no good. If you're not a Christian, he wants you to believe you've been too bad to get saved. If you are a Christian, he wants you to believe that your past is so bad that God could never use you. You've gone so far that God couldn't forgive you. Or they want you to believe that God is not real or forgiveness is not real, that God doesn't heal, or that there is no God. He wants to oppress and deceive us into believing a false narrative. In the New Living Translation in Ephesians 6, 6, we must hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Shield of faith. Where does the devil attack? In that passage here in Ephesians, it talks about the helmet, the helmet to protect the, the helmet of, helmet of what? Salvation, helmet of salvation to protect the mind. It seems to me that there's some that thinks if one hears a lie or tells a lie often enough, that eventually people will start to believe that lie. It seems to me like there's some on television that they repeat a falsehood and repeat a falsehood and repeat a falsehood and eventually the public begins to think, well, that must be true. I am very concerned in the few years I've lived on this earth that I have never lived in such a time to see such deception and hypocrisy. I've known people that have told me a story and three weeks later they tell me the same story with different facts. They don't know who they told what to. 
have told numerous stories about the same incident. And yes, memory can play tricks on us. I understand that, but I'm not senile yet. But things have gotten worse and worse in the time period that we live in. This is what we need to do. Listen to me. If you get nothing else today, get this. This is the good old King James, Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need to hide God's word in our heart. When, whenever the devil come in, 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 in Matthew and Luke to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus use to defend himself? It is written. But God has said. That's how he defended himself against the fiery darts that the devil was throwing at him. And the enemy will throw these flaming arrows at your mind. And he keeps throwing, and he keeps throwing, and he keeps throwing. We must know and hide God's word in our heart. It could just be that faith in God and God's word is part of this shield of faith. That when I hold my shield of faith up, it's God's word. In Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the cunning arts, the deceitfulness, the trickery, the schemes, lies, twisting of the truth, the devil's spin, that you're no good, Pentecost is over, it is not. My Bible says in the last days I will Pour out my spirit. I don't believe the days of Pentecost are over. I think it's the enemy trying to spin it. The New Testament tells us the plain, simple truth. John 8, 31, 32. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth... And the truth will set you free. Say, God, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Isn't it amazing that the Bible proves itself? Truth and reality, the truth of the gospel, sets us free. Jesus came as the God-man, God incarnate, died on a cross to pay for your sin and my sin. Death could not hold him. The grave is not powerful enough to hold him. 30 years ago or however many, I was in Israel. We went to what was called Gordon's tomb and we stood there and he's not there. He's alive. Not going to come alive. He's alive from biblical proof and extra biblical literature. And let me ask you something. Why would Roman soldiers lie at the penalty of death to say that somebody stole the body whenever they were supposed to be guarding it? The fact is Jesus' resurrection was a miracle. Spiritual, physical. And the devil doesn't want you to know or realize the truth. Those who have accepted Christ as Savior, get this, get it nailed down. Those who have accepted Christ as Savior, who have chosen to live for Him, have been set free from sin. And when this life is o'er heaven for eternity, that's something to be happy about. That's, some, that's something to be happy. Yeah, but... The devil's lying to my mind and the devil's, the devil's attacking me. Well, that's why you're here today. 
You're here to know that whenever Jesus died on a cross to set you free, he set you free. And the devil wants to sit on your shoulder and whisper and say, but you're not free. And you can turn to him and say, but it is written. You ever felt as if Satan's playing mind games with you? Huh? You ever settled it and you thought you had it settled and 30 days later he comes back and he whispers or he's, he's standing in front of them teleprompters. And he's got people lying to you and lying to you and lying to you and telling you the same garbage. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm technolog technologically challenged and I like it that way. <laughs> I just know who to call. But they told me 35 years ago it was garbage in, garbage out. So if you keep putting the garbage in, you got to get that helmet on, seal it around the edge and tell the devil, I ain't listening to your garbage. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. The truth is this God-man died on a cross to pay for my sin. And the truth is that I've accepted him as my Savior and I have been set free because I am free, not because I feel it, not because I, 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 I want it. I am free because the Word of God says, if I believe in God and his truth, he who the Son has set free is free. Yes, sir, indeed. Somebody say amen. amen. Truth. Truth. Boy, we need some truth. We need truth. Janet would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch a royal wedding. Anybody watch the royals get married? Oh, Jill. Oh, boy. Well, we had to watch Oprah, the interview with Prince Harry and Meghan. Anybody watch that? Yeah, two of you. Well, four of us. I watched the two. You know, peace, happy wife, happy life. Somewhere towards the end of the interview, Janet went ballistic. I thought we were having a Pentecostal fit in the, in the living room, but it wasn't. Oprah said something like this to Megan. I'm not quoting, it's something like this. I am glad you got to present your truth. Anybody remember that? I am so glad, Megan, Duchess of Sussex, that you got to present your truth. Janet liked to shout it. That's what Oprah always says, your truth. There's only one truth. Truth is truth. We seem to have twisted and messed it up in the last 20, 30 years of our culture and our society and in our news. Your truth and your truth and my truth. No, there's only truth. We seem to have lost it. We hear a lot about spin. Twisting the narrative to my truth, my narrative. Well, this is my take on things. Used to do a lot of marriage counseling. Then I got smart and I quit. I know there's another side to stories. Hey, Amen. I, I, you got you to gotta listen. I, I understand that. But, but, but I'm here this morning to tell you, this is the only side of the story. His word. And it's a yes and amen. It's so be it. It's the end. That's it. And when we stand before him on the come and get it day, 
I don't think God is going to be interested in hearing. Well, God, I, I'd like to tell you my truth. It isn't going to work. It isn't going to work. You hear a lot of spin. We're interested in what's truth, though, aren't we? Or do we just want to know my truth? Or do we want to know your truth? You know, that's why I went to Bible college. I want to make sure I knew who built the ark. I want to make sure who it was went up on that mountain to get the Ten Commandments. I want to make sure I understood about what the Christ emptying himself of his divinity was, his prerogatives of his deity. I, I wanted to understand all that stuff because my first sermon, sir, when I stepped behind the pulpit in 1979, my knees literally had fellowship. I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, my, I, was, I was skinny back then. They could get together. <laughs> and my knees literally smote together out of fear because I didn't want to say something that wasn't true because I'll be held accountable for what I preach. We got a lot today that's just, well, this is my truth. This is my opinion. But it's only His truth that makes any difference. Somebody say amen. The truth will set you free. The truth will take you to heaven. The truth will bring God's blessings and touch on your life. But your truth, if it doesn't line up with His truth, you're in for a world of hurt. You know, most of the messes in my life have been because of me. Matthew 5.18 says, Not one iota or dot will pass away until all of God's plan is fulfilled. Truth. No matter how Satan tries to spin it, no matter the kind of twist he puts on it, God's purpose will prevail. You can put truth down here and you can pile all the lies all the frustration, all the deception on it, but that truth, it will, it will find its way to point its faith to the Son, and the truth will come out. Somebody say amen. Truth. Have you heard the phrase, we're going to follow the science? Anybody heard that? <laughs> well, science and the Word of God will agree. True science and the Word of God will agree. True or false? Well, I'm going to give you truth today, scientific truth and biblical truth, okay? There are only two genders, male and female. And he made them male and female. Why, does, why do you emphasize that? Because I read something that a Hollywood or music star said that they were going to raise their baby whatever it wanted to be. that they weren't going to force a gender onto their baby. Well, if he in the fifth or sixth grade wants to wear a dress to the schools I went to whenever I was a kid, he's going to be in trouble. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you, folks, where has truth gone? A handful of years ago, Janet and I were in a local restaurant. Seven, eight, nine o'clock in the evening. Uh, uh, remember these, uh, I, I think they call them K-cats. My mom used to wear them about three, three inches wide and they were round and had a little veil. You know what I mean? Kind of dome on top. My, th this, this person comes in with a hat and a veil, a dress, 
with hair this long sticking through the holes, in heels, and a three-day-old shadow. Didn't fool me for a second. And I thought, what, 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 what has happened in our society? I, I, I don't understand what's going on, why we cannot be happy with God's creation. I, I just, I had cataract surgery and, and uh, had to have resurgery and had to get glasses and Stacy helped me and I used my old frames. Well, these frames one time, I, uh, another, another pair, I laid them down on the, on the desk and they rocked. I got upset. This has been many years ago. And I went back to the, I said, my glasses aren't level. You know, the, like you helped me fit these the other day. And, and, and the lady put them on and she took them off and she, she's very polite. And she says, well, Reverend, you got one ear higher than the other. That's why they, and I was embarrassed. My face turned red and, and I was embarrassed. And, 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 and you know, and, and, and she says, that's just the way God made you. God made me a man. But we I had a conversation recently with a doctor. Known for 25 plus years. I asked him what he's going to do when a guy comes in with a three-day-old beard and says he's got stomach problems. And he puts his stethoscope on and listens to the guy's belly to see what's gurgling or what, and he says, well, sir, you're pregnant. Because he is really a she. And I'm going to tell you something. This gender identity stuff can become very important when it comes to medical decisions. Yes? It's sad when your doctor's going to have to ask you, are you a man or a woman? Because the parts are different. And it's sad that in our culture, we got such spin and such stuff that, that, that and it's, the lies are putting people in bondage. The truth will set you free. Now, when I stand before God, I want truth. When I stand before my doctor... I, and he says, what medications are you taking? And I, well, I ain't going to tell him about my blood pressure medicine. I'm not going to tell him about my arthritis medicine. Before I retired 50, probably 15 years ago now, I had a person in my age bracket in church, and they were on 20 different medications. And I said, you, you need to find a doctor that, because you're on this pill, and this pill be, could be giving you these side effects, and taking this pill, and, and this pill could be giving you this side effects, and you're taking this pill. You need one doctor centralized to keep everything under control here. And, and that's what God is with truth. He keeps everything sorted out for us, and in His Word, that's why we need to hide it in our heart so we know what the truth is. Hello? So, so, so we understand what the truth is, and, 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 and our, our, I, I don't want to lie to the doctor. I don't want to go into the doctor and say, well, today I, you know, I, I tell you what I think I'm going to do. How, how about this? I think I'm going to call my banker up in the morning and say, today I feel like a millionaire. Lisa, could you put some money in my bank account for me? Because I'm going to write some checks. Hallelujah. Because I feel rich today. Is that going to work? 
Well, why would I want to lie to God and lie to my doctor? You missed a good place to say, oh, me. Like, how about this lie? Well, there are many paths to God. But that's what you hear. But the Word of God says, there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men wherein we must be saved. And that's talking about Jesus. There's only one way to get saved. It happened to me in 1973. 20 years old, I stood up and after I said a prayer in Jesus' name. Forty plus years ago, I heard Billy Graham say this, Reverend Billy Graham say this. He went into the woods. He opened his Bible up and laid it on a tree stump and got down on his knees and said, God, I don't understand everything in your book, but from this day forward, by faith, I'm going to accept this book as truth. And then the Bible says this of itself in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you want to be free? Well, Grandma Maggie down in Alfredsville used to, she used to say, Brother Duke, if there was more people in the world like you and me, it'd be a better world. And I just agreed with her. <laughs> I was thinking about this message, and I was thinking about Janet and the royals and your truth. If you've been here for 25 years ago, you heard this story, but it's relevant today. Margaret asked me to go, Grandma Maggie asked me to go to the hospital, see her sister-in-law in Jasper. She wasn't saved and elderly and life's coming to a close. I went to the hospital to explain to her the salvation message. And after I did, she cussed me out. I mean, she really, really cussed me out. I was a little younger, a little more abrasive then than I am now. So I said, can I point at you? I said, well, if I'm telling, if you're telling the truth, when you die, you're just six foot under. But if I'm telling the truth, when it's all over, you're going to hell. And I turned and walked out. Time I got to the door, she says, wait a minute. Maybe we need to talk. Because the truth is, all of us are facing a decision. Heaven or hell. And whether you believe it or I believe it or you, your truth isn't that truth, when we stand before him, we're going to hear the truth. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to give you the truth. If you abide in Him, if you continue in Him, if you're permanent in Him, steadfast in Him, if you keep to the course in Him, the truth sets you free, and you need to tell the devil, no, I remember in 1973 in the back bedroom of that mobile home when I got down on my knees and I asked God to forgive me, and He did. I remember whenever I messed up and I went to the altar and that man laid his hand on my back and they give me that scripture, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I remember when somebody put their finger in my face and said, are you bigger than God? 
And I said, no, I'm not. Well, if God has forgiven you, who are you to hold your past against yourself? Wow, what a revelation. And the devil was trying to beat me up with my own life. You trying to do that to you? Well, stick to the truth and God's truth and knowing God's truth. And you tell the devil, my past is under the blood. God's truth will get you to heaven. Satan's eyes won't do that. What if I messed up though, preacher? What if I've run from the truth? What if I believed a lie? What if I'm saved, but the devil's been lying to my mind? Well, that, that was really a bad sin. Did you confess it? Why, if the devil keeps bringing your past up, God will never forgive you for that sin. That's a lie. Peter was preaching. This is the apostle Peter. You know, you know, believers, you know him. He's the one that told Jesus, I'll die for you. He cut the ear off of the servants uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus heals the ear. And Jesus, Peter's the one that says to Jesus, I'll die for you. And Jesus looks him eyeball to eyeball and says, you'll deny, you don't even know me in the morning before the morning crows. Rooster crows in the morning. You'll deny you even know me. But just after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter stands up and says, repent and turn back to God that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't it amazing? Judas Iscariot and Peter done the same sin. You think about that. The apostle Paul said this about himself, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7, the last verse of the chapter. What's so sad is, is as whenever we, the, the, they set up the Bible, they, they ended the, the thought there in chapter 7, verse 8, or verse 1 of chapter 8 ought to be with chapter 7. Because sometimes when you just read a chapter, you, you need to read the verse 8, 1 with 7, 24. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's a place to say hallelujah. So when you mess up, just repent. Say, is it that simple? Yes, isn't that profound? Turn to God, take the truth into your heart, and keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Confess your sins. He's faithful. He'll forgive them. The Bible is full of men and women who messed up. That's why I, one of the reasons why I believe it's so true. It's just full of people that messed up. I mean, is it Joshua standing before getting ready to go into Jericho and the angel of the Lord, it's, it's probably a theophany, an Old Testament manifestation of Christ, and, and, and Joshua has the audacity to say, who are you for? He stands there with the captain of the Lord's host. I mean, my knees would be having fellowship and I'd be on my face sucking up dirt if something like that happened to me. Hello? How about Abraham? He's an old man and he wants to have a baby and Sarah can't have a baby. And Sarah says, well, why don't you go into my servant Hagar? And he says, okay. How about that? The Bible gives us a truth about people. How about Rahab? She hid the spies and said they weren't there. And you read the story, it says, you hang a scarlet thread out the window and we'll save that one. 
I've seen Rahab's house. I've been there. And there's a scarlet thread that runs all through the Bible. From when the first animal was slain in the garden for innocent blood to be spilled to the cross of Calvary. I love this verse, Psalms 103, 14. He knoweth our frame and remembers that we are but dust. We're human. I'm not giving you license to sin and mess up. I'm just telling you when you mess up, you got a God that still loves you. Truth is, he came to earth. He left the glories of heaven, stepped across the threshold, put his foot on this earth. God incarnate, lived for 33 years, died on a cross, rose from the dead, and now is at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews 2.18 says, He himself has gone through suffering and testing. He is able to help us when we are being tested. He knows the truth. He knows the truth. Volumes have been written about this verse. Volumes have been written. This verse is so profound, it still boggles my mind. After, after 40 years of serving him, this verse boggles my mind. It's difficult to get your mind wrapped around it. You almost got to have a, an emotional experience with this verse. Are you ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that profound? So profound. Very deep. Volumes have been written about it. Preachers have preached and preached and preached on it. It means that God's love is so profound. This verse, 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it doesn't know Him. Say it, I'm a child of God. Ain't that something? I'm going to tell you in this world, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I preached a message a long time ago. I had Ginger rewrite the song. It's by Garth Brooks. He sings, I got friends in low places. I got friends in high places. Where the spirit flows. Amen. I got friends in high places. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Your book says we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us and while we were yet sinners. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. He hung on the cross 2,000 years ago and in his mind somehow beyond my ability to comprehend he knew that May 30th, 1973 Kenny Duke could get on his knees and ask for forgiveness and God would give it because of what he was doing at that time. For God so loved the world. How about this one? This first, this this, this truth, this, this just, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What I used to be, I am no more. What I'm going to be, I'm on the road to. Old things have passed away. The truth is, you can find it in the pages of God's book. 
You can find it in the pages of God's book. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed for just a few minutes? For just a few minutes. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, the truth is today you can be born again in heaven, your eternal home. It's that simple. You pray a prayer, you mean it in your heart, and you repent of your sins. And you ask Christ to come in, and He does just that, and then heaven is your destiny. Would you slip a hand up and say, pray with me, preacher? Anybody? Anybody? Just pray with me, preacher. All right. All right. All right. I want everybody to look up here at me. In front of God and everybody else, I, I want to speak to believers for just a minute. Can I do that? I want you to look at me. Anybody believe in the devil's lies? Huh? Come on. Is, is the devil lying to anybody right now? You've been battling something? Boy, I, I have. Anybody? The devil lying to you. Yeah. Anybody? This message is just as much for you as it is for those that aren't saved. It's because the truth is I've been born again. The truth is I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. The truth is, oh, death, where is your sting? He took it away whenever he rose from the dead. The truth is that my sins, this is, this is so, so, I know this is so simple and I use it all the time, but it just boggles my mind. If you go north, 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 you will eventually go south. If you go east, 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 you will never go west. Do you know that? You will always be going east. And your Bible says, He hath removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. All I got to do is ask Him. And so I'm going to ask one more time to the believers. Has the devil been twisting things and spinning things? Difficulties at work, difficulties in life. Come on, has the enemy been lying? Everybody stand with me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. You see, there's a time in my life when I felt like the devil was not shooting fiery darts at my mind. I felt like he was shooting fiery spears out of a machine gun at my mind. And he didn't quit. I had to persevere with the shield of faith and I had to find my promise. Now, you, anybody want to know where my promises were found? My promises were found in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. That's where my promise was found. You might want to read that one today, the fourth chapter of Philippians. I probably read it 200 times that chapter. I got the victory. Lift your hands towards heaven. Lift your hands. Father, believers have got their hands up. Several have said that the enemy is throwing darts at their mind, that the enemy is lying. But we have put on the helmet of salvation. 
He's telling us there's going to be a bad report. He's telling us this is going to happen. He's telling us bad things are coming. But God, we're going to believe you. We're going to trust your truth. We're going to believe that I am not a bad person, that I am more than a conqueror. We're going to believe your truth, God, and we're going to hold on to your truth. But you have written your name, in the my name in the palm of your hand, and I plead the blood of Jesus over your saints, over your people, that if there is sin, if there's something they've done, they repent right now in their heart and they are forgiven in Jesus name and the sin is removed as far as the east is from the west and that your love is always 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 extending towards us now give him praise give him praise hallelujah 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 I'm going to sing my way I'm going to shout my way up to the top of the mountain I'm going to give him praise because I am more than a conqueror. Now listen. Now listen. We're going to dismiss in about 60 seconds. And the enemy is loading his gun. So you're going to have to find you a promise. You're going to have to do what Pastor Duke's done and maybe Billy Graham. Go out and find yourself alone. And lay your Bible out and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need a promise. I need you to give me a promise. My promise was think on these things. Whatever is true and honest and a good report. And I said, God, you, you're trying to tell me I don't have to think on the bad things. God says, I'm telling you, you can control your mind. So quit thinking on the negative, quit thinking on the bad, quit thinking on what coulda, shoulda, or mighta, or will happen. You concentrate on whatever is a good report. You concentrate on my forgiveness. You think on the good things of God, and that'll bring you out, and it brought me out. You find yourself a promise. You find yourself a promise. And every time the enemy shoots something at your mind, you say, oh, no, but I remember. I got down on my living room on my couch and I laid my Bible out and I had this promise and this is my promise. God give me, God illuminated. God give me a rhema word. This is my promise and he showed it to me and this is mine. I confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Don't forget this sermon because the devil's going to keep throwing fiery darts but you're going to keep winning because we're more than conquerors. Lord, bless your people. Bless them coming and bless them going. Make them the head and not the tail. Pour your love and pour your spirit out on them, in them, and through them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Shake a hand from a distance and hug a neck from a distance and tell somebody how good looking they are. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.